Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Good evening, everyone. Hallelujah. Um, Before I kind of go the direction I was planning on tonight, uh, we got to go see Brother Copeland off this morning at the airport. And he made a statement. He said, Nancy, you've got to finish preaching my sermon. (laughs) He said, I didn't get to say some things. And he said, "Uh, tell them. Uh, Remember last night he was saying how part of the people were to stand on one mountain and one on the other. One was to declare the blessings, one to declare the cursings. He said, tell them that God never intended the curses come on the people. And I said, Brother Copeland, you did say that one phrase. And he said, but what I wanted you to tell him, he said he intended the curses to be on the scapegoat. And Jesus was that scapegoat. And of course, under the old covenant, they had that scapegoat that they would, uh, as a symbolic act, lay their hands on and transfer the sins of the people. But it was also to be the curse that was to be transferred onto that scapegoat and sent that scapegoat sent out. And he said this, let them know the curse is never intended for them. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Weren't you blessed by Brother Copeland and uh, the the ministry, the message? And I don't know, it just seemed awfully weighty to me of him not that it's not weighty ever, but I'm saying especially these meetings of him taking us back to the blood covenant because without that, nothing else works. <laughs> Amen. And you'll believe with me tonight for the direction of the service. I, you say, why? Because I don't have much direction. <laughs> But that's okay. I've heard Dad Hagen come out and say, I don't know what to do. I mean, at the first of the service, I don't know what to do. And people watching may say, well, why didn't you get prepared? We're referring to something different. (laughs) We're not talking about not prepared. You know, we spend our lives preparing as ministers. So it's not lack of preparation. It's just uh, wanting to be sensitive to follow what the Spirit has for this service, for for you and for those watching and... And uh, we just want to be accurate with what he's authored for the service. Um, <clears throat> I, I have had a little bit that's come into my heart. And you, and I, I have, I'm holding here nine pages. So you say, well, that is a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> well, I've, I've come up with a lot more pages than that before. But there might just be a few things on the nine pages, you know, so... The paper is nothing but a crutch of the flesh. (laughs) You know what that is, pastors. You know what that is, ministers. Because you never want to come without something. In case you miss it, at least dryly give them what you came out with. (laughs) Teasing. Hallelujah. But I, uh, in thinking about the last day revival, and we st- I stated it 
in the previous service three things that my husband stated. Number one, it'll be all previous revivals wrapped up into one. Now think about what that holds. My, 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 think about it. All wrapped up into one. All the power of those revivals in one. All the manifestations of those revivals in one. Everything. Um, then he said the fivefold offices operating at full potential power. Then the nine manifestations of the Spirit flowing at full potential power. But the thing that keeps coming up to me and has been since the, the turn of the year several days ago is that we hunger for that and flow, from, flow in that from the right place. Now, what I mean by that, yes, in the spirit is the only way that can be done. Amen. In the spirit is the only way that that's fulfilled. It's not by programs. It's not by strategies. It's got a little bit of a boom up here, if you could adjust that. Um, but the thing that keeps coming up to me is that we present healing to the people based on not healing principles, but based on the healer. You know what I'm talking about? Not presenting miracles from a place of knowing steps to take to receive a miracle. Listen, thank God for the principles. It puts handles on these things so that we can hand these truths to people. But miracles are not, it's, we're not just presenting miracles to people, we're presenting the miracle worker to people. And if we're not careful in this revival, we can say we want healing, we want miracles. Yes, we do. But we want to always keep as the nucleus of that thing, the center of that thing is the healer, the miracle worker, the provider. It's, it's him we're bringing. It's him we're bringing to the forefront. It's not what he does to the forefront. It's who he is. And that's what's been moving in me that we make sure that we, we move in this revival from that place. Not from a place of principles of the word, but a place from the person of the word. Because if we're not careful, and you know we, we can all easily do that, we can get so uh, moving so quickly and so busily with the work of the ministry and not make time for the one who is the author of all this. You know, there's... Um, there, I read a, a passage in a, in a book about some students that were traveling, Bible school students rather, that were traveling to another country. And when they got on there, of course, this was the late 1800s, early 1900s, somewhere around there, where travel was primarily by boat. And they got on their boat to take them there, and they realized that there was a leading a man uh, in the church world on that boat. I mean, he was, I, and I, don't, I don't even remember the name, but he was, uh, he had a large voice in the body of Christ and they were th so thrilled 
to find out that this man of this caliber of ministry and anointing was on the boat because they thought we are going to get us some time with this man. We're going to seek out opportunity to, get to talk to him. And so when they would go out of their, you know, of their cabins, he would be on deck at times and he would be, they said for hours, he would sit in a chair and just stare. And no one dared go up because it was like, you know, you could tell he was occupied, preoccupied, absorbed with something and they didn't want to intrude into that. And so they said day after day, you know, he'd have his Bible there, but he was just looking. And finally, one of them got up enough nerve and went up and said to him and said, tell us doctor such and such, what do you see out there? And he said, nothing but God. And they said for hours and days, he just sat and looked. What was it? No, no doubt he was just centering his attention, centering his focus. And, and I, part of this run that we're, this race that we're running, we have to make sure that it's not all legs. Amen. We have to make sure that it's taking time to sit and slow down enough to hear the stillness. And that's what keeps coming up in me for this era that we make sure that in all the greatness of the plan, that we don't leave the greatness of the author of the plan. That we take time with him and not just time with learning the principles. Does that make sense? I made a statement not a statement, a prayer, a consecration coming into the new year and I wrote it down and I said, coming into this year, I long not to only bring God's word, the sermons to the people, but to bring the, the experience of God to the people. That they experience not just sermons, but they experience love. They, feel, they sense it compassion, mercy, that they sense it in the sermons, that it's not just words of the sermon, it's the experience of him in the sermon. That they experience his care and li listen to this, they experience, experience his interest in them. That they walk out going, even though I messed up, he's not lost interest in me. His blood takes care of what I did wrong yes. and where I missed it. Yes. That when they are with me, it's him they sense. This can only be done by living, walking in the spirit and living mindful of him continuously that we emit him and not us. Yes. That we, that I may know him so they will know him. Amen. And that's the center of this revival. It's him. Miracles aren't the center. They're the outflow of him. Healings aren't the center. They're the outflow of him. Could I say this? It's based on fellowship. It's not based on power. It's based on fellowship with the one of power. And so if I could say it's okay for us to slow down this week. And if I could say center back up. Yes. 
center back up. He is the center. And all of our running and all of our doing and all of our preaching, which is right, let's not stray from the center of it. Because it's so easy to get occupied with what we're believing for. <laughs> but there's no difficulty in believing when he's the center of what you're looking at and what you're focused on. Believing is easy when he's all you see. It's not about trying to get rid of something. It's trying to center our focus more fully on the one who is the author of all these things that humanity needs. If they get him, they get it all. Amen. Let's not just present and or be mindful and live mindful, mindful of attributes or outflows of him. They're all part of him. Absolutely. And I don't diminish that. But if we get him, we get it all. And I'm talking about him in our focus and him in our attention and uh it's him where it's him we're wake up mindful of instead of I need healing waking up mindful of or I need money waking up mindful. Wake up mindful, I have a provider. I have a healer. I have a miracle worker. There's no need for me to struggle for these things. Because in knowing him I'll know the outflow of him. And the outflow of him is all these things we need. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I mean, you think about it when Paul, of course, he's had these phenomenal revelations. He had miracles and healings, people raised from the dead in his ministry. I mean, whole revival, cities turned upside down, uh, regions turned upside down. I'm talking about this man walked in with power. But at the end of it all, or in, the, or in the midst of it all, he said this, that I may know him. That's it. And if we're not careful, we can become so skilled in principles and not know him very well. You can read marriage books to help your marriage, but if you don't know your spouse, it doesn't matter what the book says. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the book said. It doesn't matter about the, the five things that please her, the, the five things that please him. Or If you don't know them, you know this, parents. I mean, as a parent, I ask this question of God. Why couldn't there just be one formula of raising children? Why can't with the first child you learn it and then repeat it all the way through? But every child is so different that if you don't learn it, that child, you're going to struggle. Because you have to know the child and how they process things so that you can help them best and parent them best because they are just not all the same in the way they, they come out and <laughs> the way they live and the way they think and the way they compute and the temperaments and the personalities and how they process things. It's like, what is this? <laughs> And you can read all the parenting books, but if you don't know that child, your book just needs to probably be put up in the shelf somewhere. 
And it's the same thing. You can know all the principles of faith that Dad Hagen teaches and that these men of God got. And I don't diminish them. We, like I said, we need these things. But if we're not careful, we just know steps and not Him. And that's been my thing that's been moving in me. Amen. For this revival. Because the one thing we don't want to have happen is God use us then have to set us aside. And there have been many men of God, precious men of God, that went halfway and didn't finish. Amen. And thank God for all that was work. But we don't want to just, we don't want to just get in the flow. We want to finish. Amen. And he is the beginning. He is the end. Amen. It's all about him. I said, it's all about him. And in our quest for believing God for what we're believing God, don't leave out knowing him, knowing him, knowing him, knowing him. And it's not knowing him just by emotions. Please don't. We know him by the word. And we love him by the doing of the word. But there are so many times that you have to remember your prayer life is not complete if it's all just stating what you're believing for. That's only part of it. But don't cheat yourself by getting answers but not knowing the answer giver. Because he's the reward. He's the joy. It's him. And that's what the psalmist said, God, my exceeding joy. Amen. Because there's a lot of people that get the house they were believing for and they don't know him that well. Amen. I'm so grateful that when my husband went home to be with the Lord, he wasn't the only one in my house I knew. Amen. Because people are going to shift around in your life. Some move in, some move out. But the constant is the one you can know all the time. And whoever thinks your life isn't worth being around, God never takes that approach with you. Be interested in the one who never dismisses your life. Know him. And you can have a marriage. You can enter a covenant and never really care to learn the one you're in covenant with. And can I say this about God? He lets us determine how well we know him. It's not like he only reveals so much to of himself. He reveals as much as we seek to know. We're the one who determines how, how far we know him, how well we know him. And when we know him, faith is not a struggle. Amen. I've been, I've been through those seasons of tests and trials when you're just struggling to keep with the principles of faith. <laughs> right? And nothing wrong with that. I mean, you fight the good fight of faith. There are principles to it. But 
I believe part of fighting the good fight of faith is knowing the one who, who is the carrier of the faith that's in you. Who's the originator of that faith. Amen. God did not go outside of himself to put faith in you. The faith is his own. So know the one the faith flowed out of. Amen. That's the real reward of this Christian life. Amen. John chapter 17, verse 3. And the Amplified Translation. John chapter 17, verse 3, the Amplified Translation. Verse 3, and this, Jesus is speaking, and this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, recognize, become acquainted with, and understand him. The only true and real God. And likewise, to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. And he said, this is life. This is eternal life. Knowing him and Jesus. Knowing the Father and knowing the Son. This is life. It's not, let's not be proud of our answered prayers. Above our quest in knowing the one who answered them. And I, I, I just say this, don't cheat yourself in your prayer life by not spending time just sometimes just quiet. Just quiet looking at him. And you know, folk, I'm talking about thoughts of the word and thoughts of, and just focusing on him and it doesn't have to be have all the activity around it there's times it's right to be active but what what does what was the word say be still and know be still and know be still and know some people don't know some things as they ought in here because they're not still enough to know there are some things that only are that only become known in stillness be still and know amen be still and know him. So the fruit we bear, even I'm talking about even out of this revival, is to come from fellowship. Uh, John Osteen, who was precious pastor, he made this statement when men, young men asked him about him preparing for services. He said, I just spend the week filling up and then go out and pour out. I don't, in other words, he says, I'm not trying to write sermons. I just fill up with him and then go out and pour him out. Because the one thing we want is not people to be impressed with what comes out of a pulpit or what comes out of a ministry per se, we want people to want more of him when they walk out of our buildings. We want more of him, not, not be awed by the people he used. Yeah. 
Amen. And if someone walks out talking more, wanting to know you better than knowing him better, that sermon was a miss. That sermon was a fail. Amen. Praise the Lord. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll set up the passage that I want to read to you just to show you what the setting of this is. Jesus had seen the, pull at the, man, uh, the man at the pool of Bethesda, the lame man. Remember, he said, take up your bed and walk. And he did. It was on the Sabbath day. And the Jews saw him walking, carrying his bed, which was unlawful to do. And said, why are you carrying your bed? It's unlawful. He said, the man that told me to rise and walk, you know, he told me to carry my bed. And who is the man? I don't know his name. I don't know who it is. And then later, Jesus found the man in the temple. That, that gives us an idea that when a gift of the Spirit went into operation for this man's healing, there was something in that man's heart. You saw a hunger for God because he ended up at the temple. He didn't end up hanging out at the social event now that he could walk. He was at the temple. Where, they, where people go after they receive healing shows a lot of their heart. Shows a lot of what matters to them. And this lame man was found in the temple because it said Jesus found him later in the temple and said, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come on you. Now think of this, if he hadn't shown up at the temple, he would have never known why that came on him. And he would have never known how to keep it from coming back on him. And so because he went to church again, <laughs> sometimes God will give you part of your answer in one service. Don't, don't think, oh, I got it all. You better get to the next service because there could be part two of what you didn't know you were missing. He thought all he needed was a miracle. He thought all he needed was legs that worked. And Jesus knew he needed a remedy for not getting back to the situation or keeping the door closed to something like that coming back on him. He didn't know he needed something more. But because he went to the church, the temple, he was in a place where he could hear what he needed to know. There's so much of the time we, we think we're doing okay in a, in, a, in, a certain, in a certain realm or certain arena of life. And the preacher gets up and says something. We go, wait a minute. And you start checking things that you didn't know were out of place. Amen. So Jesus said to him, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come on you. And he was telling him how to keep what he received. And uh, then he recognized, then he knew who it was and told the Jews. When they asked again, who is this? Then he was able to tell them because now he knew who he was. And so then the Jews began to come after Jesus for that. And Jesus' answer to the, these Jews was this. In John chapter 5, verse 39, the Amplified. He said to them, in verse 39, You search, you investigate, and you pour over the scriptures diligently. So they're not negligent people towards spiritual things, are they? Because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life by all your searching, all your investigating, all your studies. 
you think that's what's going to carrying out the letter of the law. That's right. yeah. that's right. yeah. You do all of that meticulously. Yeah. But then he makes the clincher statement. The scriptures, they testify of me. They're pointing to me. These scriptures that you're pouring over and studying over and debating over in the temple, they're talking about me. And you reject me because you like the scripture work. You like the, the act of studying, the act of carrying out principles, the act of doing in the natural. And you left me out of it and you missed me. You missed the whole thing. They were talking about me. And if we're not careful, we can be using our faith for things. And listen, things are right. God wants us richly blessed. But it's all about him as a center of everything of why we do and believe what we believe. If you're not careful, you can have, you can be in pursuit of faith and miss him. Be in pursuit of power and miss him. Be in pursuit of miracles and healings. Be in pursuit of your ministry and miss him. Because they were in pursuit of the word and missed him. But they liked the legalism. They liked what they could as a man fulfill academically. And this is not about academic approach to the Bible points to him. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter how meticulously they knew the scriptures without knowing him. They missed it all. It doesn't matter what we can quote, what we can confess and how long we serve. If he's not the center of our affection, all of it is a miss. And as, listen, we have to put these things fortified in place because once this revival is up and going, there's going to be a momentum. And we may not, if I could say this, have, it might not be at that quicker pace as easy to fortify ourselves in some of these things as it is now. Amen. Remember whenever the, the apostles after Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, and they were working, there were miracles being worked through them, and they were being called before the religious leaders, and they were threatening them. And notice what they said. They said uh, they couldn't argue with the fruit because they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They didn't argue with, they couldn't argue and debate the fruit because they had been with Jesus. It wasn't that it wasn't because of who they had been with, the fruit lasted. And they couldn't argue with that. If we're not careful, all we want is fruit. But he's the vine. He's the vine. And the branch cannot get impressed with itself for producing fruit without recognizing if it weren't for the vine. And if we're not careful, we're all about the fruit of a miracle, the fruit of prosperity. These things are right. But it's all because the center of that thing is the vine. We are to tend first and foremost to our fellowship with God and let the fruit 
flow out of the fellowship. Amen. Let the faith rise up and flow out of the fellowship. Let the miracles come out of the fellowship. Let the healing come, because we know the miracle worker. Not because we know the principles. Listen, we, yes, know the principles, but they are no substitute for him. Can I, there was a precious lady years ago when Ed and I lived in Tulsa. She was not mentally uh, as healthy. It, I mean, her mental capacity was limited. She was more like when you talk to her, and she was in her mid-50s at this time. When you talk to her, it was more like a nine-year-old. But we came home one day, and there was a flyer on our door, and someone was offering, you know, wanting to get business as a housekeeper, and we needed one. So I contacted this person, and come to find out this woman, she was in her mid-50s. She was not married at the time. She had been married before, and it was an abusive situation from what I understand because she just wasn't mentally mature, developed. But she lived with her sister, and her they were a Christian family, and her sister was very, very sharp and precious lady because she, she let her live with her and just basically looked out for her. But she helped her print up these flyers and because this woman, she, she wanted to work, you know? And so we had her to come, and we had her to help us there at the house, and she was so precious. I mean, she would work. She loved Stephen. Stephen would have been maybe one or two at the time. And he had a little raccoon a puppet. And she would get on the floor with, by the hour with him and play with him with that little raccoon. She called him Cooney. And she would play by the hour with Stephen. And you know how precious that was to me because she loved what was important to me. She wasn't just there to earn something so she could get more of, you know, she was just a precious, precious lady. And you could tell that she wasn't mentally developed, but she was a, a joy. And she, you know, God has a lot of jewels and treasures, you know. And um, she, she made a statement to me, and it just cracked me up one day, because one day I went into the bathroom, and she didn't just have the brush cleaning the toilet with it. She had her hand with a rag and had it. I mean, she was going through every crevice and turn of that, of that, of that toilet cleaning it. And I said, that, I don't even do that for my own house. You're going further than I go in my own house. And I said to her, I appreciate that so much. And she, made, she turned to me and she just, the sweetest, like not a tooth in her head so precious and she said to me just like the bible say a little soap and water go a long way i i'm not going to correct that are you kidding that was precious to me if that's the what hey i'm going to find that scripture <laughs> but it was so i mean she was so heartfelt and that she was doing this based on the way the word would direct her and her concept of it. So precious. But one day she told me a story. 
And when her sister came to pick her up because she couldn't drive and her sister would bring her and pick her up. And when her sister came to pick her up, I said, is this story true? She said, Nancy, every bit of that is the truth. She said, our mother, and this is the story this precious woman told me. She said, remember, like I said, not a tooth in her head. And she just told this story. And when she talked, she just was so simple that it came out of her. Everything came out of her heart. Everything. She didn't even, she didn't know how to put up walls and put up learned ways of saying things. Everything just was so heartfelt. And when she talked to you, she just wrapped you in because everything was so sincere with her. And so she said, you know, Nancy, she said one day, my mama was living with us and she said she was dying and they took her to the hospital. And she said, I went to visit her one day and before I walked in the room, the doctors met me and said, I'm sorry to tell you, your mother's already died when she came to see her for that day. She had died before she got there. And she said, okay. And so she went in and you know, as a child, she's not able to process maybe at all fully the way we would. And she walked in, she walked into the hospital room and she said, mama, you don't belong here. She said, you don't want to die here. This isn't home. She said, if you want to die, come home. And she said, if you'll come back, we'll take you home. And then you can come back. (laughs) She said, her mom's eyes popped open. They took her home. They dismissed her. She lived another few weeks and then she died because they wanted, because Hazel wanted her to die at home where people loved her. And I thought, I don't care. This woman didn't know principle one, principle two, but she knew God. She had such a sincerity that faith was not a struggle. It was a simplicity thing with her because she knew him. She talked to him so simply. And I would sit and listen to this woman sing as she cleaned the house and talk to Jesus. And that was a Bible school class for me. Because when you heard her, she presented him. She didn't present principles. And it was just precious. Why? Because he makes himself available to all who believe. If you just believe, you don't have to know all the, the ins and outs. And that I'm not diminishing knowing. Knowledge is important. But what kind of knowledge is it that leaves him out? What kind of knowledge is it that focuses on something other than him? It's misplaced knowledge. Amen. And we have to be reminded of these things. You say, well, I just don't understand. You're you're preaching to the choir here, am I? (laughs) Revelations 2. Turn with me. Revelations 2. Don't ask me what's going to be preached tomorrow night. I have no idea. (laughs) Revelations chapter 2. Verse 2. And I, again, I'm going to read out of the Amplified.
Revelations chapter 2, verse 2. Of course, Jesus appears to John on the Isle of Patmos and says, give these churches a message. And he started with this church and speaking and says, I know your industry and activities. So Jesus was talking about what this church was producing. I know your industry and activities, laborious toil and trouble and your patient endurance and how you cannot tolerate wicked men and have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles, special messengers of Christ, and yet are not basically who they say they are and have found them to be imposters and liars. I know you are, patient, you are enduring patiently and are bearing up for my name's sake. Now think of this, they're producing some things, aren't they? You have not fainted or become exhausted or grown weary. So these are all good things he told them that they were doing right. But this one charge, I have this one charge to make against you. That you've left, abandoned the love you had at first. You have deserted me. That's right. You deserted me. They were believing. They were standing. They were fighting the fight of faith. But not from a place of him being the center of that. If you're not careful, you're occupied with the work. Yes. The work instead of the one who's the author of the work. Verse 5, remember then from what heights you have fallen. He said that you've fallen. You think that you're standing. He said you fell and don't even know it. Remember then from what heights you have fallen. Repent. Change the inner man. Something on their inside. Their affection was put on something else. If you're not careful, your affection can be on your work. On the work of the ministry instead of the author of the ministry. Repent. Change the inner man. To meet God's will. What was God's will? That they keep the first love first. As well as the other things they were doing right. And do the works you did previously when first you knew the Lord. Listen to this or else. I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. So with all they were doing right, the very center of it was off. And was leaving undone. And because they were leaving the important thing undone, that which they were doing were of no, was of no value. Because he says, I'm going to remove you. I don't need a church like that. I don't need a church that looks like they're standing and looks like they're producing something, but I'm not even considered in it. And he says, I don't need a church like that. I will remove it. Because that doesn't represent me. It represents them and what they're working. Amen. Amen. Could I say this? He didn't want work done for him without loyalty to him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Don't love the one, don't love the work 
more than you love the one you're working with. And I tell you, it's, it's like a man who, he has a job with a company. He loves his job. He loves the products they produce or the service they produce, but he can't stand his boss. No boss needs a man who's good at his job, loves his office hours. He loves doing the work that he does. He loves the products they produce, believes in the products, but he doesn't like the man who hired him. No boss is safe with a worker like that. And that's basically what Jesus was saying about the church. You're producing things, but I'm not even part of what you're producing. And he says, I'll remove it because I don't need that kind of representation. Right? Likewise, we are not only to serve. Now I'm talking to all of us. We're not only to serve God, but we're to serve him with our focus right, our motives right, our intentions right, our purpose is right. If all you do is go to help a ministry so that your ministry can get launched, that man doesn't need you. If all you're doing, now see, don't misunderstand me. When you're at a place where God tells you to be, God will prepare you in that place for what he has for you. But your motive is not to be there just so you can get yours going. So that you can get the pulpit, so that you can get offered something, so that you can become the leader of the department, so that you can become the minister, so to speak, they call on, or the ministry of helps that they call on. If you don't forget you in the serving, the man you're serving doesn't need you. Because you're not safe. You've got a motive there. And a person who doesn't have their motive right, if they get too much attention, they'll divide a church. They'll divide a family. Amen. Our motive is to serve him in a way that honors him. Amen. Praise the Lord. To love doing the work in a local church, but not loving the pastor. No pastor needs that worker. You gotta love the man. You got to love the man who is the head of that ministry. Well, I love doing the work of the ministry. There are a lot of people who love the ministry, but they don't love the pastor they're under. They don't guard him, they don't protect him. They don't love his family. If you don't love his family, you don't love the man. Love the work. But you can only love the work as long as you love the one you're working for. So in the local church, no pastor needs someone who just loves to get their ministry going or get to, get to express themselves in serving ministry, but they really don't love the pastor too much. No, no pastor needs that. Likewise, Neither does God. And this is what Jesus was telling the church. I don't need a church in the earth that they do some things right, 
but they're not interested enough to, to involve me. It's not enough to have miracles if we don't prize the miracle worker. It's him, it's him, it's him, it's him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because we could know this in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. In verse 21. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. See, they got the right words. When they're in front of him, they've got the right word. Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So let me say this, if we love him, we love what he says to do. We don't argue with him. If we're struggling with something he's leading us to do, it's a love issue. Because if you love him, you don't struggle with what him said. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Verse 22, Jesus speaking, he said, many will say to me. Listen, look at that word, many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Right. Now, just because they said they did all this stuff, <laughs> he's not saying they did all this stuff. They will claim to have done things. There's a lot of people who claim to be right. But when it comes down to, do they love their pastor really? What do you say around the dinner table? What, do you, what conversations do you allow on the phone? Amen. So they claim that they've done these things. In verse 23, he said, then will I profess unto them. They did their talking, now Jesus is going to do his talking. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. He's saying, if they did these things in his name, but he wasn't involved, it's a work of iniquity. Then he goes, verse 24, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And then he goes on and tells that. So notice this. He's saying this, that people, those that I know, they do what I say. Yes. They don't do what they want to get, their, to get their ministry going. They do what I say. Well, I don't want a pastor. I want to be a, a traveling minister. Don't matter what you want. Because if you keep holding to what you want when, he's, when you already know what he said, you don't love him right. It's a love issue. It's a love issue. Amen. Amen. Consecration is a love issue. It's a love issue. You say, well, you're kind of, you're kind of nailing me to the wall, Pastor Nancy. Let me just say this. Love grows. Love develops. 
and our love should grow. We, we, yes, I've struggled with things he said in the past, but my love has grown. My love for him has grown. And so I quit struggling with things because in my love, I trust him. I trust him. Amen. You, you just have to know this. Faith, uh, faith worketh by love. Your faith life will keep track or pace with your love life. Your, your level of love. Amen. Too many times people are trying to get more faith when if you just let your love grow. It's in you. Let it develop. Let it grow. Then you won't struggle with things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, the Lord is good. Ephesians, then we'll close with this tonight. Ephesians chapter 3. Now see, we take all of these things that, these wonderful revelations that Paul gave the church, that God gave to the church through Paul rather, of who we are in Christ and what belongs to us. But let's not leave this out. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, the Amplified Translation. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, the Amplified Translation. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves. Not through your pastor's experience, not through your mama's experience. Can I tell you something, kids, kids that were raised in my church and kids that were raised in your church, your parents' faith ain't your faith. And their commitment to God is not yours. You have to have your own love for God. You have to have your own love for God and you get nothing. Uh, you might can inherit somebody's possessions. You might one day inherit your, your dad's possessions, your mother's possessions, but you can't inherit their worth. You have to have your own worth. Amen. You have to have your own walk with God. Don't think because you were raised in a church that you're humdinger of a Christian. You have to hunger for God yourself. You have to reach and press for yourself, young people. Because if you don't, the devil's got, he'll, he'll, as, as Pastor Jay says, he'll bid high to get you. The devil will bid high. Amen. And it's a sad thing to see parents hot and on fire for God and faithful to their pastor for years and their children out just thinking that they're entitled spiritually to some things. Amen. We have to be sober about these things. We have to be sober. What's that mean? God offers himself to you, children. That you know him through experience. You don't just know him because your parents bring you to church. You know him through experience and you're never too young. God revealed the future of his prophet to a child named Samuel. He revealed the cause of the, of the prophet's undoing to a child. Because you're never too young if you're hungry. Amen. That you may really come to know practically, I love the phrase, through experience for yourself, for, through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. Knowledge with experience or knowledge without it? 
You want to ride with the teenager who knows the handbook on the driving or the one who grew up driving that might not know everything in the handbook? <laughs> Acing the written test does not make you the safest person on the road. <laughs> right? It's experience that matters. That you may come to know for yourselves the love of Christ which far, surpa far, far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. Look at this. This is what God's intent is for us. That you may be filled through all your being. Through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That's God's intent. That's God's intent. That's what he offers us. If we're not careful, we'll settle for principles and we'll settle for knowledge and leave out the experience. Verse 20 who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. See, so many love that verse 20. But it happens because of verse 19. That you become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Not just flooded with principles. But flooded with God himself. The experience of him. Amen. Well, are you helped tonight? We love him. We love him. We love him. We love him. We take time for him. I, you always have time for the ones you love. Amen. I mean, there'll be things I don't have time to do of office work, but when my babies, my grandchildren come up and say, Nanny, can I spend the night? I mean, you, you can be dog tired. <laughs> Baby, you can spend the night. <laughs> Why? Because... You got a place right here, baby. I'll drag myself out of bed for you and I won't drag myself out for nobody else. Right? That's what love will do. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith is easy when you know the one you love. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the, the more our love for him grows, the more we quit arguing and kicking against and struggling with and, and calculating, can it really be? <laughs> Will he really do that? Amen. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Father, we're so grateful. <sighs> Father, as we said in praying before the service earlier, that we belong to you. 
what an honor, but you belong to us. What a privilege. We love you with all of our hearts, Jesus. Yes, we hear what the prophets of God have said, what the men of God have said about the day we're living in. All the things that you will do, all the things that are in your divine roadmap for this era, we believe it. We choose to move with you in it, but we just say this. We love you more than anything you do. You have done so much for us, but nothing equals that we love you. Anything that you do, you've blessed us with homes, you've blessed us with businesses, you've blessed us with so many things, but we love you not just for what you give, but for who you are. We love you. And we will continue to express that love for you by fulfilling what you say to us. And as our, as our love for you grows, our doing will grow. We thank you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We love, just lift up your hands and just tell him, Father, we love you so much. Jesus, we, we love you so much. Holy Spirit, we're so, 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 so appreciative and grateful we love you. We're so, so appreciative and grateful that you are ever present in us. We love you. And we purpose that you are the focus of our attention. Father, you're the focus. And forgive us for many times being too busy and running too fast. Running right past the times that we could have been fellowshipping with you. But 2020, we say this bodies holy filled and flooded with God himself having the richest measure of the divine presence we take you up on that offer that is our desire we love you with all of our hearts now can I say something to you pastor Edwin quoted the scripture and made the statement this morning stir yourself up amen we have to stir ourselves up in these things Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just worship Him. Let's continue to worship Him. We worship you, Father.
those ladies that you've been having problems in the female organs, just reach up your hands and receive healing right now. In the female organs, whether it's your womb, whether it's ovaries, whatever it is. If you've been, if you've been having pain or difficulties in that, with that region of your body, there's healing right now. Just receive that. Just receive that. We thank you, Father. Something in some, the back of someone's throat is being healed right now. Someone's being healed at back, way in the throat area. I don't know if there's an infection or what, but you're being healed right now. Raise your hand and receive it. It's so important that you respond in some way. When something is spoken, that you respond in some way. Because if you don't, if you don't, then he doesn't have your agreement until you respond. And it's your agreement that he's looking for, which is called faith, right? Faith is simply a response to what he offers. Amen. We thank you, Father. There's somebody, you've had a pain it seems it just almost like a, a headband that's put on your head. It's like it travels uh, from one side of the head right over the top to the other side of the head. Uh, just raise up your hands and receive that healing power right now. Receive that healing power right now. Receive that healing power. And then it seems like there's somebody with, if I could say this, it's almost like somebody has their hands around your head applying pressure to the head and it's it's affecting your mind it's about your mind it's not just about a headache pain it's about your mind and there's just been something just had you if I could say this pressuring that mind there's there's freedom from it right now if you'll just raise up your hand and say I receive that help I receive that help hallelujah that anointing destroys the yoke I said that anointing destroys the yoke Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, well, do you need to lay hands on them? Well, if God told me to. But you know, the word says he sent his word and healed them. And when he called that out, that's the word he sent. When he had me to say that, that's the word he sent. All you have to do is receive it. Don't, don't, don't fall into the trap of thinking that hands have to be laid on you for something to happen every time. Thank God for that method, but that's not the only method. And we need to learn to receive through all the varied methods and not get locked into one. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your mind is free. Your mind is free right now. Your mind is free right now. Free right now. And I mean, those of you who are watching by live stream or some other avenue, uh, you, join, you join with us on this. Release your faith. Receive it. And it doesn't matter when this is aired. It could be aired if you're joining us live or if it's re-aired sometime. God's not limited to the clock and the calendar. It's faith. If you'll just release your faith, power will meet that faith. It doesn't matter what time of day it's shown. Hallelujah. 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 Now there's somebody, there's somebody else with that throat issue. You, you didn't release your faith. You didn't release your faith and God wants you to receive. So again... If you have anything, and I, I called out something in the back of the throat, but there's somebody there with that throat issue. You didn't respond as he wants you to, because if you'll respond, that power will meet you. 
Hallelujah. That power will meet you. Praise the Lord. Something with somebody's scalp, a scalp condition that has been ongoing. Just raise up your hands and receive healing from that. It matters to Jesus. It matters to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where is that? Do you have that microphone, Morgan? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brother Joel Siegel, come up here and call out some, some conditions. God wants you to minister to some. Whether you lay hands on them or not is up to you. Yeah, arms and shoulders. Problems in your arms and shoulders. Start moving them right now. Yeah. Start moving them right now. Yes. Make movement. And in the movement will come the manifestation. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Arms and shoulders. Glory Hallelujah. to God. And then knees, not just the front of the knees, the back of the knees. Yes. As yes. well. Start making movement. Yes. In the That's movement right. will be the manifestation. Yes, thank you. In the Father. movement, thank you, make Father. movement right now. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Master. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Father. It's all you got. Hallelujah. Pastor Lucetic, come up here. What's ever on your heart? Thank you, Father. I'm just coming in my heart about hearts. You have a heart condition. Hallelujah. Just receive that right oh, now. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Whether it's high blood pressure or something with your heart, just receive it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And I also uh, hear Father. diabetes. If you have diabetes, just receive that now. There's power available Praise for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Craig, come up here. Call out what's in your heart. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you. Digestion, Father. problems with your stomach. Something's not thank right you, with Father. that. You can't digest that food right. Just put your hands on your stomach. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for healing power. It corrects that issue. They're able to keep that food down. They're able to process it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just release your faith. Hallelujah. That power's flowing right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says we only know in part. So in the service, I give my part, and God has a part through someone else. Amen. And everybody can bring their part. Pastor Mitch, come up and whatever's in your heart, call that out. Thank you, Father. God is healing teeth. Yeah. Someone is getting gold teeth. Someone is getting teeth fixed and teeth that weren't there. Mm, praise the Lord. It's a miracle. Amen. And yes. it's yours. Yes. Take it yes. now. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor Edwin, come up here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Nervous conditions. Mm. Now, when I say nerve, a lot of times we think of nervous conditions as being, you know, 
anxiety and that sort of things. We just kind of generally call that nervous system or nervous related. It could be that or actually something. I think it's something actually in your nerves, a condition. It could be nerves affecting your arms or your feet, but there's a nerve condition. Just reach up right now and receive complete healing in your nerves, in your nervous system in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Dean Graves, come up here. Call out what's in your heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank Hallelujah. you, Father. Hallelujah. Someone with a liver problem, uh, a tumor in the liver. If that's you, just receive it. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Hallelujah. Just receive it now. In Thank the name you, of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor Jay, come up here. Whatever you have in your spirit. Praise the Lord. There's someone, and I don't know if I understand if this was because excuse me, because of an operation. A strange thing that the Lord keeps saying to me, somebody's colon is too short. Mm. Like, and it might be because you had part of it cut out mm. or something. I it was along the lines of what Pastor Craig had, but this seems to be more of the creative. So I just say in the name of Jesus, yes. that's replaced. And that, 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 that extension or that, whatever that, that needs to be created and added to their body so that they can absorb their food fully and get the nutrition they need in the name of Jesus. Then there's somebody, and I don't understand this one fully either because I don't know enough about anatomy, but... Uh, there's there's like a I would say a bone spur or something on your tailbone down down by your tailbone I don't understand all that but I release the power of God to heal your tailbone right now in Jesus praise the Lord thank you for it Father praise the Lord praise the Lord hallelujah hallelujah we thank him for it we thank him for it we thank him for it Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I tell you, when you start, not saying we don't, but when we express our love more, he responds. <laughs> Morgan, was it Bubby when he was on one of his birthdays we were in the car remember and we were driving down the road and we turned around and sang happy birthday to him wasn't it bubby it we were going down the road and we all turned around the car and sang happy birthday to him and when we were i mean he was beaming and when we were done he did like this said thank you everybody <laughs> And I mean, it was so heartfelt. You could tell it pleased him so much. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and I thought, come on, what can we go buy this boy? I mean, because when someone responds, if you, when we, when we approached the father, and, I, and it's not wrong to have talk of needs, but let's not leave out him without the need and he will respond <laughs> amen. amen hallelujah praise the lord
Don't let the pressure of your need push you past fellowship time with him. Because if we're not careful, something can press upon us so much that all we can think of is getting our confessions in, saying our things and what we need to have done. Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't know if I'll need Brother Tim for this, but Pastor Kotov, all the way from St. Petersburg, Russia, the two come up here. And yes, absolutely his wife. They're, they're so precious to us. But I, I'm calling him up for a time of ministry, and I don't know if he understands me fully. He probably yes, does. Yes. Oh, yes. anything that you have in your spirit for healing, call it out for the people. Right now. There is um, lungs, problem with lungs. I feel healing, anointing. Just receive right now. Yes. Right now, where are you staying in? Yes. Your lungs yes. totally healed. And this throat, that uh -huh. power of God right now. Yeah. And anointing destroys the yolk. Amen. And healing is Hallelujah. Heart. Praise the Lord. Receive that. Take in a deep breath right now. Take it in. Take it in and let it out. Praise the Lord. New lungs. Expanded. Amen. Hallelujah. Breathing all the way to the bottom. All the way to the bottom. Is that it? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Hallelujah. Whoever it is, just raise up your hands and receive that. Jesus, we thank you. 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 Thank you for your healing power, Jesus. Jesus, you're such a wonderful healer. You're such a wonderful healer. We worship you with all of our hearts. Let's sing something. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Healing flowing over me.
the greatest thief in all my life is knowing you. The greatest thief in all my life is knowing you. to know you more. I want to know you more. The greatest thing in all my life is no thing is loving the greatest thing in all my life is loving you the greatest thing in all my life is love Abraham said he considered not his own body. What's that mean? Could we say it this way? He considered not his own need. And then the word tells us, consider him. Consider him. So much of the time in our, in our attempt to believe God, we're so uh, aware and focused on the need. And then we struggle. But thank God He gives us the best place to look. No matter what your need is, focus on Him. Worship Him. Praise Him. I was talking to one pastor and he was telling me, because they've 
built their buildings completely debt-free and their church has grown quickly and just a precious local church, precious pastor. And he said, Pastor Nancy, he says, I don't, I, I don't much bring up money to God. He said, I spend my time worshiping Him. He said, the bulk of my time I spend worshiping Him and the money just comes comes to the people and we've been able to pay why what's he saying yes they're aware of their need but their focus isn't the need and that's the that's where too many times we slip into in our effort to fight the good fight of faith that we're making our confessions with our eyes on the mountain instead of on the mountain mover amen hallelujah and we're offered a bit the best place to look when you have a need now you know where to look Amen. Hallelujah. Are you blessed tonight? You helped tonight? Isn't He wonderful? We love Him. In all honesty, when I got saved, I did not get saved so that I could buy a house. Seriously, I didn't get saved so that I could get some kind of financial increase. I got saved because my life needed rescuing. I was tormented, harassed, troubled. And I wanted a better place to live by looking at Him. I'm not talking about a house. I'm saying I wanted my life in a better place. Amen. Let's not forget that. And in all this that God's preparing us for to go further in the revival. Let's fortify this in us. Not to say we've neglected it or stepped aside, but let's fortify. Amen? Because with all the activity, if we're not careful, the activity can become the focus. And it's going to be, and the prophets of God have talked about, it, it's going to be a quick work. But in the quickness, let's not let our focus go from where it needs to be. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you blessed tonight? Don't you love him? He's everything. He's everything. He's everything. Remember what R.W. Shambach would say? You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. What's he saying? Quit looking at the problem. Look at God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. We are so grateful that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost that you are ever present in us the greater one is in us it's not an emotional thing that we're talking about but it is there is a rich fellowship that belongs to us that we can live heaven on earth we thank you for it we thank you for it just lift up your hands and worship him again tell him how grateful how much you appreciate Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to read something to you, and then I'll let you go. In that passage in Philippians chapter 3, when Paul said that I may know him. And uh, I won't read the whole passage, but verse 9, he said that I may actually be found and known as in him. Verse 10, for my determined purpose is that I may know him. Then verse 11 says this, 
that, and this is the Amplified, that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection. Listen to this. Resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while I'm in the body. Listen to that. The resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while in the body. So he's basically saying this. If we'll walk in the spirit, this lifts us out of this natural realm. And we live in the different realm. We live in the realm of heaven before our body goes there. And he said, this is what happens to those who know him. You're lifted. As we know him, we're lifted. That we have, if I could say this, a type of resurrection experience while we're here. <laughs> right? That's what he said, that if possible, I may attain to the resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think we'll take him up on that. How about that? We'll take him up on that offer. Amen. That every day, and we're not talking about a church service. We're talking about everyday life. Everyday life. Hallelujah. You don't want to miss any services. We don't know what's going to happen. You got to show up just like we do. And we'll find out what God has in store for us. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.